Hello from Cyberry and Delinea, and welcome to the show. If you've been enjoying the Cyberry podcast or 401 Access Denied, then make sure to like, follow, and subscribe so that you don't miss any future episodes. We'd love to hear from you. Join the discussion by leaving us a comment or review on your platform of choice or emailing us at podcast at cyberry.it. From all of us at Cyberry and Delinea, thank you and enjoy the show. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of the 401 Access Denied podcast. I'm Joe Carson, the host of the episode today, and it's a pleasure to be here with you. I'm really excited. We're always looking to bring, you know, latest up to date information, you know, and also things to help you really, you know, get a better understanding of the cybersecurity landscape and what things you can do in order to make the world a safer place. And I have a fantastic guest with me today and uh, something I've known for, for, for some time now. And uh, welcome to the episode today. Welcome, Tono. Uh, if you can give the guests a bit of a background of who you are, what you do, and uh, how you get into the industry as well. Thanks, Joe. Uh, so hello, everyone. I'm uh, Tono. I'm director of CERT-D, which is uh, part of Estonian National Cybersecurity Center. And uh, what we do? Well, that's, uh, that's an interesting question. <laughs> We try and make our little corner of cyberspace uh, clear of all the uh, malicious things that could come to us. Or if uh, something comes from outside world uh, and targets our citizens and companies, we'll try to um, diffuse them as quickly as possible. Fantastic. So, so when, when, when was the Estonian CERT established? How long has it, has it been something new or has it been around for, for some time? Uh, it tells a bit of background about the Estonian CERT. We have been around since 1st of January 2006, so that's just a year and a little bit before we first got uh, hit <laughs> in 2007, uh, where I think at the time there was just three people. Uh, the number is uh, magnitude uh, different today, but also uh, what we do has changed quite a bit, and we are a member of uh, FIRST uh, since 2010, which is the largest sort of framework organization mm -hmm. for uh, national security uh, teams, also uh, different product security teams and a number of different regional groups also. Okay. And what, so what, what, what's the activities? What, what do you do? What's, what's the day in the a cert look like for, you know, somebody working there? What, what is it kind of, um, is it kind of, you know, battling cyber, you know, threats all day and, you know, all day long? Um, or what, what does the activities look like? What, what is the day in the life of a certain employee for? Well, it's uh it's a fantastic question, Joe. Uh, we don't actually control what we do during the day. Uh, <laughs> our agenda is well defined by our adversaries who uh, who decide that that they might want to make some money out of Estonian people and, and <laughs> or use the uh, cyber resources of Estonia. Uh, but apart from jokes, uh, most often what we see are different types of phishing uh, mm -hmm. that uh, most likely target uh, different uh, citizens with regards to different bank loggings. And uh, what happens on the background if you fall into the trap is that you actually authorize someone to log into the bank mm -hmm. uh, on behalf of yourself. Ultimately, you're led to uh, authorize a financial payment from your account to the account of the uh criminals behind and uh, what we try to do is when we understand the dynamics of how uh, criminals work to uh, invest little 
and make mm-hmm. some money back out of that investment, then we'll try and, and counteract that, meaning mm-hmm. that we'll drive up the costs of criminals and reduce the revenues. And ultimately, we'll drive them out of the out of business <laughs> if they come to us. Fantastic. Sounds sounds like it's a it's a very it's a big battle on your hands because uh, you know one of the things I'd like to know is you know from the Estonian side of thing what's the most common types of uh, attacks that you deal with is is it phishing and ransom are they the two most predominant or is there other types of attacks that are that are, that are kind of that you see more trending? Uh, well, again, reverting back to the uh, business side of uh, cyber criminals. Uh, they want to invest little and make uh, a lot in return. So uh, most typically what you would see is uh, phishing because it's mm. such a cheap attack yeah. and it yields uh, possibly a good revenue. There have been uh, on occasion ransomwares, but I would not count them as uh, as uh, main types of uh, types of attacks that we mm. deal every day. Actually, uh, what we deal far more often these days than ransomware or different uh, DDoS attacks, which uh, originate from uh, sort of uh, Russian-minded hacktivist uh, okay. groups uh, on the background. So, so more politically motivated than financially, some in some cases. So DDoS attacks, you know, they can be a bit of both, depending if they're looking, you know, from a service perspective. But it, it sounds like a like a cyber mercenaries who are, who've got an agenda. <laughs> I mean, ultimately, it doesn't really matter if the service doesn't work for the uh, customers, then it doesn't work. And then and, and it's uh, it's our duty to uh, try and, and help. And uh, even for for private companies, not to mention mm-hmm. government, uh, if they are under attack on the best of circumstances, we can step in within two minutes and try mm-hmm. and, and help them. So, uh, so uh, we'll try and sort of populate our toolbox so that we can disrupt as much of the malicious activity mm-hmm. as possible with uh, as effective uh, means as possible. Okay, and what what is I mean? Where's the you know what it gets? To, attribution I know is one of the difficult things in our industry. Where do you find most of these attacks originating from? Is is it from countries where you know they're predominantly kind of you know known as as uh, har- harvesting and, and and providing safe havens for cyber criminals, or is it kind of across the board? Is it you know do you find some of the criminals are locally in the country that they're kind of more on the physical side or is it predominantly across border? Um, most attacks, when you look at whatever form of an attack map actually originate from northern parts of America or uh, <laughs> Western Europe. And it's not that, you know, Western allies have suddenly decided to declare war on us. But if you look at the uh, Internet infrastructure that are located in those countries, then it's so cheap there. Uh, okay. Whereas, when if you want to uh, find a sort of a server in Antarctica, most mm-hmm. likely you will never do that, and and, and they mm-hmm. are heaps expensive in uh, Africa. So criminals, as I said before, are looking for ways <laughs> to optimize costs, and 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 that's the result of them optimizing costs. It doesn't necessarily mean though that they themselves are located mm-hmm. there. And many, uh, many uh, attackers ultimately they either end up in different parts of Eastern Europe or in mm-hmm. Russia uh, or in different parts of uh, Africa. So, uh, mm-hmm. so uh, just because an attack originated from a country X doesn't mean that the attacker is there. Absolutely, they they use a lot of proxies. And to your point, you know, is it, is cost is a big fa- factor. And if they find it cheaper to host uh, their attacking services in other countries, they'll absolutely do that. 
Um, what what type of collaboration does does the search collaborate? You know, as you mentioned, they, you know, they could be dealing with multiple countries. Is there a lot of collaboration between searches? Is there like a form of communication or a channel that's open to what what's the communication between national search work? Uh, nationally, it depends on uh, how well our counterparts in different countries can help us. Uh, typically, uh, when we look at uh, malicious activity that targets us, uh, the, uh, the criminals tend to use legitimate service providers mm-hmm. who, in general uh, terms, uh, look after their good reputation themselves. Mm-hmm. So all we need to do is we uh, do the notification that uh, we've detected a malicious uh, activity from one of their servers and, and they uh, get uh, their act together and remove it. Uh, when this doesn't work uh, always or it doesn't work mm-hmm. efficiently, uh, we need to use our colleagues in, in the respective countries to give their sort of shoulder to, uh, mm-hmm. to get it uh, working. And of course, last but not least, uh, we know that there's always going to be bulletproofs uh, and, and, and countries which take uh, cybersecurity perhaps a little bit more relaxed way than we mm-hmm. do. So uh, we've started since uh, 2020 to increasingly work with private sector. Now, okay. private sector who uh, has the possibility uh, to disrupt through some of their security products. So, for example, if you have Windows, yeah, most likely you have Windows Defender, Microsoft mm-hmm. is behind. If you have some of the firewall vendors like Palo Alto, Cisco, uh, Fortinet, you name it. So we'll try and, and push as much of the actionable information out towards mm-hmm. them with the hopes that they bring it on board their sort of uh, knowledge base. Mm-hmm. And through their products, this sort of gets pushed out towards their customers. And if they are in Estonia, we can we can actually create the sort of positive feedback loop and and mm-hmm. uh, virtually take something down even before it physically gets taken down. Okay, that's fantastic. And what one of the things I'm interested in is is you know for the audience out there that might want to you know they might see a career insert. What what type of skill sets are you looking for, and what's what's the kind of the training that you're looking you know that that the search you know employees go through in order to to become you know some of the best defenders in the world and and reverse engineering and so forth. What's what's the type of skill sets that you you kind of you, you need? Well, first of all, uh, the positive side is that uh, for us, uh, no day is a boring day, which means <laughs> that, that we always get to see something uh, new that, that your most mm-hmm. uh, typical uh, companies and, and the security people working there hopefully never get to see, but we, we see it uh, <laughs> much more often. So that's definitely a, a pro if you can mm-hmm. say it like that. But uh, in, in, in terms of training, uh, all we need is... Uh, on the least side, just mm-hmm. that your eyes are glowing and you want to do cybersecurity, and we can the start passion. your career path. Exactly, yeah, we can the start your career path uh, yeah. within house. Uh, but also, if you have sort of computer skills, you are mm-hmm. either a network administrator, system administrator. You've worked in security before. Uh, this is uh, this is all beneficial, and and most of the stuff that we do actually no. A product team or company does because uh, they only look after one entity, whereas you know mm-hmm. our entities actually country and and then citizens and companies uh, in general. So it's mm-hmm. a little bit different. But what motivates people is the fact that they can actually uh, make a meaningful punch towards the bad guys. Okay, no, it's always always good and, and get to. 
you know, the right skill set and the right mind frame uh, in, in to help us. You know, we, we always try to get more people in, in the interest of defending uh, proactively rather than take, taking a, a criminal career. Uh, what's what the other thing as well is, you know, do you find is it mostly businesses or is it individuals or is it kind of like a fine mix between who become victims? So what kind of what's the type of you know people that contact you? Is it uh, people who you know have been compromised, you know, citizens who've lost you know financially from it, or is it businesses who have lost you know services? Um, what's the most common um, that you would kind of find that would be the ones that contact you? I think uh, the most common type are actually individuals, and they mm -hmm. don't necessarily contact us when they've fallen victims. But more and more, because of our uh, raising awareness, mm -hmm. uh, they do notify us if they see abnormalities, uh, mm -hmm. such as they get uh, sent phishing links uh, over uh, text messages or what uh, other. So, and they do notify us so that, that they spot it. Mm -hmm. With the help of uh, our activity, these uh, sites get taken down. And if someone who also received didn't notice uh, or, or uh, paid attention, then hopefully, with our collaboration and, and, and collaboration towards the mm -hmm. industry and uh, hosting provider, we can remove the malicious content. So those that didn't notify or notice, mm -hmm. uh, they would not fall victim to the scam either. Uh, okay. And the second would be uh, then companies who, companies tend to notify us a little bit more on, on when something malicious has happened. Okay, so so we get the some suspicious is more from the citizen side, and one actually, you know, you're dealing with a real incident, real cases from the business side. So, um, and also, I mean, what's what's some of the things, for example, um, uh, when it comes down to is, you know, is there any kind of the awareness that you're doing? You know, how 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 are you providing awareness out there to the citizens? What type of awareness is going around? What's the what's the means of delivering that? There are multiple ways how we do the delivery. So uh, first of all, every morning we put out a newsletter on what happened over the last 24 mm -hmm. hours. Uh, and this isn't to point out that, you know, uh, Carson notified of, of, of this or fell victim mm -hmm. to that. But, but we do notify in quantitative terms on how many different DDoSs we saw, targeting which sector, uh, what sort of scams were notified, et cetera, et cetera, so that uh, constituents reading the the newsletter uh, and overview can do their own risk assessment mm -hmm. in based on real evidence what is actually targeting themselves uh to to begin with and uh we do uh different uh quarterly events we do an annual event mm -hmm. uh targeting uh ict and security community where we try to and sort of raise general awareness of mm -hmm. different uh, things that do work, things that don't work. It's always good to learn from the mistakes of others and not Absolutely. repeat themselves. <laughs> so, uh, so we we there is multiple ways that that we try and and help people to come out of their sort of daily routine and and, mm -hmm. and look look at world through our viewpoint. Yeah, absolutely. And it's always like, you know, not only the good to hear about the, the, you know, the lessons learned, but also the successes as well. I always find it, you know, hearing where, where they've been able to, to react and what, what techniques was used to, to prevent it turning into a much bigger catastrophe. Um, I'm also interested as well, it's one thing I've noticed, you know, many years ago, the phishing campaigns that targeted a stolen language were not very well written, they were very poorly written. And unless the attackers uh, maybe hired somebody in languages to do translations for them. Um, 
you know, I, I've seen in the more recent times I've seen the attacks that you know using Estonian language has improved significantly. Um, are you finding a lot of more of the you know generative AI types of tools and and more better translators um, that's creating much more kind of let's say authentic looking types of phishing scams? Is that something you're seeing a trend? Is that you know because I think the Estonian language for, for a long time was kind of like you know. Was 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 sufficiently protected because translations were not that easy. Uh, what what are you, you know? What are your findings around the the language improvements over recent years? Well, Estonian language isn't only uh, <laughs> good because it's complicated uh, and also good for, for passwords because we have so yeah. many cases and and twists and turns how the language sort of flows. Um, uh, but the main answer uh, why the language skills of criminals have mm -hmm. gone up is is because simply Google Translate has uh, <laughs> has improved, and you can probably ask these days. It depends how you ask. Uh, ChatGPT might uh, refuse to give you an answer, but if you ask it in a sort of nice way, mm -hmm. it might actually give you a good answer. <laughs> but we also know of uh, of a case where actually uh, criminals uh, employed uh, a yeah. translator. Mm -hmm. So they've, they've actually uh, had the, the, the proper translator from, I think it was Ukrainian or was it mm -hmm. Russian to Estonian. So mm -hmm. a company contacted us afterwards. Yeah, you know, we did the translation for this. So it's, uh, um, you can't really uh, avoid any of the techniques these days. Mm -hmm. And yeah. and, and uh, you, you need to look again from the criminal mindset point of view uh, to try and, and see, okay, I invest a little bit. Does mm -hmm. it improve my chances of uh, of returning more money or not? Mm -hmm. Because that's yeah. that's ultimately their driver. Yeah, because they're they're running it as a business and they want to have an ROI, <laughs> and so they're going. I've, they're yeah, going I've yet to see I've yet to see a, a billionaire who invested a million and only made in return ten k. So <laughs> exactly. Um, the other thing is how how do, how do people contact you? What's what's the mechanisms? And the, does all country search operate in the same way? Uh, so, for example, if somebody sees something suspicious or get a phishing email, uh, what's the way that they go reporting it? Um, is there a portal that they go to or um, a contact? What's what's the mechanisms for you know reporting uh, you know cybercrime? Great question. So uh, for us, uh, you can reach us through portal report.cert.de. Uh, you can reach us by phone. You can uh, send an email, cert.cert.de. Mm -hmm. And this is the most sort of traditional way how uh, anyone can reach any cert that, that operate uh, either governmentally mm -hmm. or nationally. But uh, also what we have done and, and to try and reduce the sort of bureaucratic workload uh, is if you go to our reporting site, report.cert.d, mm -hmm. there is the possibility to uh, notify immediately police, for example, if you fell uh, victim to, to something. Mm -hmm. and, and similar function uh, exists on the police uh, website, so uh, cyber.police.d, uh, yeah. where they can notify us immediately and, you know, why force someone to put two address lines into Gmail when you can just <laughs> show your willingness there and it accounts mm -hmm. for for someone actually notifying both authorities at the same time. Yeah, absolutely. The, the quicker the quicker response is usually the best response because uh, I find that the longer you leave things, the the less breadcrumbs the less evidence you can actually have that will actually you know be able to do proper forensics so um the earlier notification and if you have to deal with both and getting them both involved much earlier you know uh, the assert and the law enforcement is definitely something that will benefit um is there, so is there any type of statistics that you know i, I think i remember there's a there's a, a quarterly report and an annual report that comes out 
Um, what what types of information you see? What's what's the big trend uh, that you get from the report itself? The big trend, if I look at the uh, annual report that mm-hmm. came out, uh, I believe it was February. Mm-hmm. Uh, so notifications uh, went up by one-fifth. Uh, luckily, the number of uh, incidents, i.e. Uh, events that had a negative impact, mm-hmm. uh, didn't quite follow that trend. So it proves that, that we are able to build resilience mm-hmm. uh, and also uh, people are better in sort of detecting uh, mm-hmm. malicious activities, not fall into traps. And, and they are also good in uh, notifying us so mm-hmm. that, that we can try and reduce the uptime of uh, malicious activity that uh, targets people, you know, falling mm-hmm. prey to, uh, to the scams. So numbers do go up. Uh, the number of incidents, uh, I believe, was uh, increased only uh, less than 10%, but the amount mm-hmm. of notifications went up by almost 20% uh, That's great. year on year. Yeah. That's great yeah. to see that people you know more willing to, to, to let's say, uh, one, of the, one of the big things I, I was asked years ago um, was uh, it was during a, a seminar for parents and uh, law enforcement and uh, teachers. So, you know, it's one of those forums. And, and I was asked the question, what, what thing can I do that, you know, would, would leave a, you know, something that everyone could do, you know, a best practice. And one of the things that I recommend is never be afraid to ask for help. And I think that's kind of one of the most things is that, you know, a lot of people feel that, oh, you know, I feel I feel embarrassed or I feel like, you know, I did something wrong or um, it's, you know, stupidity um, or I made a mistake or I didn't know what I was doing. That's my fault. Uh, but I still think it's, you know, getting people with the confidence to not be afraid to ask for help. Um, and the more people report, the more we get visibility. And to your point, you know, you mentioned earlier that we learn from those. We'll learn from the techniques. And and uh, the, the more people report, the more we can see the trends, the more we see what's important for us to deal with. So I think that's some of the most important things, absolutely. Absolutely. So the, the, the false sense of uh, shame that, mm-hmm. that, you know, if you've fallen into a victim, then, then you sort of start to believe, okay, no one else talks about it. And why should yeah. I talk? That that mm-hmm. you know, I'm the only one that that uh, got abused, and then actually we see that happening quite a lot, and we see this mm-hmm. false uh, sense of shame, and, and while we encourage uh, people and 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 uh, mm-hmm. especially companies to come out more and 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 to share their experience on why things went mm-hmm. wrong, because otherwise it's some government entity saying that, yeah. that hey guys, <laughs> you should do this, and then you know if if actually one uh ceo tells to another yeah mm-hmm. this probably wasn't my best decision at the time <laughs> and to try not to to repeat that then i think that has a completely different take than than mm-hmm. government agents to saying that yes we, we just become a facilitator of how they can communicate together <laughs> that's ultimately what it becomes um is there anything, i mean for for the audience listening in and is there anything any best practices or you know tips that you suggest or, or resources for people to to become whether being citizens or businesses to become better where what, what what's the resources you would point them to uh in order to to you know uh to better become more resilient uh, we have uh, many tools that uh, each individual and organization can use uh, out of our toolbox. Just go to uh, cert.e. Uh, mm-hmm. It will forward you to the uh, appropriate uh, section in uh, the agency's website. For example, we are the only team that publicly has made available our repository of threat data mm, in okay. the form that, that uh, you can't 
dig in on what's happening there or what is in there. Mm. But uh, through DNS, we can you can consult it. Mm-hmm. And if we believe that uh, that uh, a site that you want to enter beyond reasonable doubt is malicious, either relating to malware or phishing, uh, because those two are bad by sort of any definition, mm-hmm. uh, then uh, our system would actually block you uh, from reaching there. So mm-hmm. it's it's a great uh, complementary feature to to sort of any individual and organization because we all we everyone have sort of you know every morning when we wake up at five didn't have our two cups of coffee yet you know uh we 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 tend to be a little bit different than in our crime at you know after three cups of coffee running on supercharged at 10 a.m so so it is likely that that uh, things do go wrong and it's good to have another safety net uh running behind and if something gets blocked uh incorrectly you always know who to contact and let us know guys this is the one time you didn't get it right. <laughs> Absolutely, uh, defense in depth is important, and threat intelligence sharing um, helps us, you know, be, you know, be better at the indicators of compromise. The more we learn the techniques, I mean, you know, the the, the best practices. Absolutely, uh, Tono, it's been fantastic having you on the show, and this, I think it's really educational to give you know people a little bit of behind the scenes about what a cert is and what it does and uh, what it covers. And that's I think it's you know for those listening in, um, hopefully you know the businesses will be more willing to cooperate and and share and and work together because it, it is a teamwork effort in order to make the world a safer place. And definitely, the more we have you know, people playing in the team, um, definitely helps us get there. So it's, any final words of wisdom, anything that you would like to share with the audience before we, we finish up today's episode? Absolutely. Uh, it's very simple, actually. If you look at uh, how criminals cooperate, the more we on the defending side build barriers and sort of mm-hmm. don't trust one another, we are actually empowering the uh, bad guys. And mm-hmm. in order to uh, make a meaningful impact, we need to start uh, talking a lot more, uh, mm-hmm. sharing a lot more, not feeling uh, shame and, mm-hmm. and understanding that, you know, we're not out there alone. Not only us uh, are the ones who get targeted. And, and actually, if you're in the Internet, you do get targeted. Absolutely. That's wise words. It's a pleasure having you on and looking forward to catching up in the near future. And uh, absolutely many thanks for the you know the, the wise words and the education that we've uh, shared with the audience today. So for everyone, uh, definitely make sure that you know tune in every two weeks for the 401 Access Tonight podcast. Hopefully this has been educational, exciting. We'll make sure that all the links that we shared in today's episode will be in the show notes and uh, look forward to, to future episodes and hopefully we'll catch up again soon. So thank you, everyone. Take care and stay safe.